Praise the Lord, everybody. Why don't we give the Lord one more hand clap of praise? And, and man, I wonder if I could ask you to stand one more time just for the reading of the word, and then we'll let you be seated. How many love the word of God this morning? And man, I think God deserves praise even at, even at 10 o'clock in the morning. Isn't that crazy? <laughs> even early in the morning, he deserves our praise. If you have your Bibles, turn with me to 2 Corinthians chapter 6 and verse 2. 2 Corinthians 6 and verse 2. And then I will be going to Romans chapter 13, so have that ready. And if you're there, can you say amen? It says this, For he saith, I have heard thee in the time accepted. Can you say the accepted time? And in the day of salvation, I have secured thee. Behold, now. Can you shout now? Oh, I know it's early. Come on. Can you shout now? There you go. Now is the accepted time. Behold, now is the day of salvation. Romans 13 and 11 says, And that knowing the time, that now is the high time to awake out of sleep, For now is our salvation nearer than when we believed. How many know that we're closer to the coming of the Lord than we have ever been? The night is far spent and the day is at hand. Let us therefore cast off the works of darkness and let us put on the armor of light. You can put your Bible down. Somebody look at your neighbor and say, don't wait. Come on, tap him on the shoulder. Don't wait, do it now. Come on, tap the person next to you. Just tell them, what are you waiting for? You can do it right now. (laughs) Amen. Clap your hands to the Lord one more time. Amen. I I just want to teach to you on this subject. How many are excited about what God's been doing in revival? And uh, I just feel in my heart this morning, I want to just teach a little bit on post-revival about what can we do right now. And if I had to entitle this this morning, we're just going to call it now. Can you say now? Amen. You may be seated. Thank you for standing. I love the story of a little girl named Emily. She was only nine years old. Her teacher got up and said, Students, there is no God. If you cannot see him, then there is no way that he is real. This greatly bothered Emily because her mommy and daddy had always taught her that there was a God and that he was real. And Emily spoke up and she said, I believe that there is a God. And the teacher said, oh, really? Have you ever seen him? And Emily stooped back in her chair, the little girl that she was, embarrassed and intimidated, and she shrugged her shoulders and she said in her quiet voice, no ma'am, I've, I've never seen him. The teacher laughed and rudely said, I think that I've made my point. And the classroom laughed. Em- Emily didn't know what to say, but she knew that she needed to act now and defend her God. Because there was children 
in there that could forever be affected and believe their entire life that there is no God. And Emily knew that this could influence one of my friends in here. They may never believe in God if they believe what she's saying. How many know that children are very strongly influenced? Aren't you thankful for our Sunday school teachers and for this church that is willing to invest into children because they're in a time of influence that can affect their entire life? She said, I can't just sit here and let this happen. And so she looked at the teacher and she said, ma'am, do you have a brain? The teacher looked at her quite angry and said, of course I have a brain. And Emily said, have you ever seen it? She said, she, the teacher kind of stooped back in her chair and shrugged her shoulders and her voice got a little bit more quiet and she said, no, I've never seen it. But Emily, I know that it's real. I know that it's there because you see this, Emily, when I move my hands, that's my brain working. When I move my feet, that's my brain working. I know that it's there because I see it working. And Emily stood up and she said, I know that God is real because I've seen the work of his hands and I've seen the work of his feet. No, I've never seen him. But I know that he's real. I've seen him. There's proof of it. I see the work of his hands. Because she knew she needed to act now. Because now was the appointed time for God to use her. And she said, ma'am, according to your theory, you cannot see your brain. Therefore, you must not have one. She told her, she told her how it was. I like Emily. She knew that God wanted to use her right now. Can you say now? To minister to that classroom who could forever have been impacted. Ecclesiastes 12 and 1 says, Remember now thy creator in the days of thy youth. While the evil days come not, nor the years draw nigh, when thou shalt say, I have no pleasure in them. I read this verse to our class in, in the youth group, and I said, what do you think that this verse means? And <laughs> I think the funniest response that I got was one of the young ladies stood up and said, I don't want to be a bitter old person, so I'll live for God now. <laughs> I said, well, okay, that's, that's the AIM youth translation. We'll take it. I think the easiest way to translate it is, is live for God right now and have a relationship so that you can have strength with God later in life so that you'll never come to a point in your life where you have no pleasure in God. Did you know that when you procrastinate with God, you can grow cold and you can grow bitter to the point where you don't even feel God anymore? I don't know about you. I never want to get to that point. Somebody tap your neighbor and just tell him, what are you waiting for? You can live for God right now. Are you waiting to get older to work for him and live for him? 
Are you waiting for something to happen for you to work for him when God is calling you to act right now? So I want to talk to you this morning. I think we're a very spiritual church. Do you believe that? I think we're a spiritual church, and I believe in the power of the Spirit. We're going to look at that, but I want to look at some practical and spiritual things about what God can do right now and the power of what he's doing now. See, Brother Campatella has moved on to his next meeting, but revival is not over. And we can sit here and we can think that we're in post-revival, that, oh, well, revival's over. What about now? You know, we pray and we fast and we pray and we fast for months and revival gets here and 35 people get the Holy Ghost and eight people are baptized and we're praising God and we're worshiping God and then the next Sunday comes and we're sitting here. What now? And the first thing that the devil wants to tell you this morning is that revival is over. Check out. Your stay is over. Go ahead and check out. Pay the bill. God's done. And if you can believe that there is no now in God, but the only power was yesterday, then are we really in revival? Have we really got the spirit of revival? But I believe that that was just the start of something. That was just the first of many that are going to get the Holy Ghost. That was just the first of many who are going to be baptized. Those waters could be stirred this morning. We may baptize 10 this morning. I wish somebody would just believe that. Why could he do it last week, but he can't do it this week? So what about now? So I want to talk about five practical things that I think are going to help us. And I'm going to call them now and laters. I love me some now and laters. Anybody, any now and later fans in the house? Has anybody had now and later? They'll get stuck in your teeth, and, but it's so worth it. It's so good. We're going to call them now and laters. And see, these are going to be five things that we always expect these things to be manifest in our lives. We always expect to receive these things. And if we'll live them out now, we can be assured that God will honor them and bring them into fruition later in our lives. How many know that what you do right now will affect things later on in your life? So I want to talk about five things that we need right now to make us a stronger church, a revival church. And the interesting fact about these things is that we all want these five things in life, but you will only see them manifest in our lives If we will give them first. Can I get an amen? We're only, and you need to remember this before we even get into this. You will only see these things manifest in your life if you will first give them away. Can somebody shout amen? Acts 20 and 35 says, it is more blessed to give then to what? Receive. So these are the five things that we expect in our lives and we struggle to give them. First is reality. Can you say reality? Our culture 
craves reality. They want to see a real side of people. And let me just get real here for just a second. That is why reality television has become so popular in our culture. That is why I know people right now that if they can't keep up with the Kardashians, they can't move on with their week. And isn't it an interesting thing that the very thing that we crave and that we long for is this reality, this real side of people, and yet I hate to break it to you, reality television is not real. (laughs) It is not real. And yet they rake in millions of dollars because our culture says, I want something real. I'm tired of seeing characters. I want real names. I want real faces. I want real people. I want to see the real star, who they really are. And like culture often does, they liquidate the crave and the longing of our hearts because we were created by a living God who gave us that desire who is real. And so we crave something that is real and we substitute it with false reality and counterfeit reality. Kim Kardashian cannot help you in your everyday life. If you think Caitlyn Jenner can help you live a better life, you're searching in the wrong places. Because we crave reality. So... We want people to be real. We want our church to be real. We want the Spirit of God to be real. We don't want to sing the songs and go through the motions. I want, to be, I want it to be real. I want to feel God when I worship Him. I want to feel God when the Word is preached. I want to mean it when I say amen. I want to mean it when I shout hallelujah. Because I was created by someone that's real. And so the practical side of things is that if you want people to be real to you, you have to be real to them. You want to receive reality? Why aren't people real with me? I've had so many people come to church throughout my whole life. I've been a teenager, invited kids to church and had them come. I feel like everyone's just kind of fake around there. Why can't anybody be real to me? You know why he felt that way and he hopped from church to church to church? Because he wanted people to be real with him, but he wasn't willing to be real with them. He wanted to receive reality, but he was never willing to give it. You want to receive the real blessings of God? You want to receive the real supernatural power of God? You want to receive the Holy Ghost? Then you need to be able to step out from the crowd. You need to be willing to go to the altar and be real with God and say, God, I'm a sinner. God, I've done things that are wrong, but I want to be real with you and let you know that I need to repent right now. Can you say amen? Secondly, we have relationships. We all want relationships. And 
as a youth pastor, I deal with relationships a lot. You know, 13, 14, 15-year-olds, Brother Nathan, who was that boy at the youth service last Friday night? Who was that that visited last Friday? I think she got the Holy Ghost, Brother Nathan. (laughs) I could probably date her. (laughs) I deal with relationships all the time. And I'll tell them eventually, you're gonna, you know, you're gonna deal with relationships one day. You're, you're probably gonna want to get married, but th- there's more than just that. There's friendships. There's your relationship with your parents. There's your relationship with your coworkers. There's relationships with the professional side of things in school. How many know that we we have to deal with a lot of relationships? And the problem that we begin to face is that we can have relationships in the church. And one of the reasons that we struggle to reach out and win souls is because we're struggling to have a relationship with sinners. We're struggling to be real. Nobody's going to come to church with you if you won't sit down and just talk with them about the Bible. I was with somebody one time and, 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 and we were knocking doors and we invited somebody to church. And he says, well, tell me about the Bible, and I'll think about it. And they said, well, just come to church, and you'll figure it out. I said, well, he's not going to come to church. If, if you don't know what you believe, and you're not willing to stand for what you believe, why would he come to church? It's, it's a relationship that says, I care about you. And, and our generation has become very impersonal and broken down, and the definition of relationship has changed. Let me tell you what I'm talking about. Let me tell you what what not relationships are, okay? Being friends with someone on Facebook is not a relationship. Can I get a witness in this house? (laughs) Because you liked their picture on Instagram does not make you their buddy. It does not give you power in the spirit to reach them. (laughs) How many followers you have on Twitter does not mean you have a relationship. Living for God is not about followers. Hitler had 4 million. Jesus had 12. And, And... The enemy is trying to change the very definition of relationships. And listen, I'm not preaching against Facebook. I use it to advertise church events. I use it to invite people to church. But is it a coincidence that the enemy is using these things? You you call somebody. Oh, Lord, it's going to get real here for just a second. You call somebody and they don't answer. And you get a text back like two seconds later. That gets on my nerves so bad. Y'all ain't being real. You know it bothers you too. You just called them to speak to them. And they don't want to hear voices. They don't want to communicate. They want to text you. You know why that's becoming so popular? Because there's power in what you speak. 
There is power in what you say. And the enemy is trying to break down relationships and and God is offering you real communication and real relationships with people. Third, we have respect. R-E-S-P-E-C-T. We want respect. I want to be treated with respect. I hear that a lot as well. As a youth pastor, why are adults respecting me, Brother Nathan? Well, when was the last time you gave respect? You see, these are things that we want to receive, but we will not see them manifest if we will not give them. Our culture craves respect. They will not leave you alone until you embrace their lifestyle. Because they crave for you to respect them. They, cra- they will not be silenced. They, they will not be quiet. They want to get married under the church steeple. Because the church has to agree with them. Or the church is a bunch of haters. Because it's a craving for respect. And isn't it an interesting thing that in a culture that craves respect more than any culture that we have ever seen, that this culture lacks respect for authority, it lacks respect for property, it lacks, it lacks respect for ministry. You want to know why you don't get respect? Because you haven't been given some R-E-S-P-E-C-T. Somebody look at your neighbor and say, you want to be treated with respect? Then you give some respect. That's just practical. You don't even have to be that spiritual to do that. You want a job? (laughs) You at the interview? If you don't treat that manager with respect, you're not going to get the job. This is practical stuff. For we have reasons. We want reasons, right? Nobody likes to walk blindly. I hear them say, tell me why, and I'll be quicker to obey the word. I know that the word says it, but why? Because we crave reasons. We want to know why we're doing the things that we're doing, and and why the apostolic church is, is formed on holiness and things that the Bible says is important. How many knows that holiness is important to God and so it's important to us? I haven't over-exaggerated the importance of holiness. God cares about holiness, so I care about holiness. Explain the word to me, Brother Nathan. Yet sometimes when reasons are given, isn't it interesting that our culture will say, well, that's your opinion. We need to be bold enough to give reasons out of the word of God if we are going to expect God to speak to us. And if you want reasons, be prepared to know the word of God. How many love the word of God in this place? I wonder if we could just lift up our hands real quick and just touch him for just a second. Come on, let's just thank him for his word. I love you, Jesus.
Come on, that's right. Just lift up your voice. I know it's Sunday school, but Lord, I love you. I thank you for the reasons that you've given me out of your word. You've been clear, God. You've been clear with me. Lord, you, you said it straight to me. You didn't lead me on. You didn't mislead me. You've been real with me, God. And last but not least, recognition. Our generation doesn't like to do things without the spotlight. Got a little quiet, but it's right. We don't like to do things if we don't get recognition for it. Sometimes it seems as though people won't even help out if they don't think anyone is going to notice it. There is such a thing as healthy recognition. Did you know that? Healthy recognition. And you deserve to be recognized for your accomplishments. That's why when somebody graduates from college, we recognize them. And in this church, if somebody, if, if it's a milestone in their life, if, if it's an exciting time, you better believe we're going to call them up to the platform and we're going to clap our hands and be like, we just thank God for you. We are proud of you. That's, that's godly recognition. But let me ask you this. It's common for you to want recognition. But when was the last time that you gave recognition to someone else? Why does our generation want to stand out and blend into the crowd at the same time? When you give, you will receive you know, you're, you're not going to get a lot of, of recognition in your life if you aren't willing to stop and say, I'm proud of you. I'm proud of what you've accomplished. I'm proud of the things that you've done. God is using you in a mighty way. After church today, you ought to just go catch somebody, hug their neck, and just tell them that you love them and tell them that you're proud of them. Just tell them that you're proud that they came to the house of God today. You might be surprised how much it means to them. Romans 13 and 11 says, And that knowing the time, that now is the high time to awake out of sleep, for now, can you say now? Now is our salvation nearer than when we believed. If we will apply these things to our life right now, you don't have to wait to do it. Just say, I, I've been wanting to be treated with respect. I'm going to start giving respect right now. I'm going to do it today. I'm going to give recognition today. I'm going to give glory to God today. I'm going to give my worship to God now. I'm going to praise him right now. You don't have to leave this service without living out these things. Somebody say, don't wait. Do it now. Let's give ourselves and just watch what you will receive in the spirit. I think it's safe to say that everyone here wants to be saved. Is that, is that okay for me to say that? I, I think everyone here has a desire to be saved. Every single person in here wants to go to heaven. 
Well, then we need to ask ourselves a very important question regarding our salvation. And I understand today that I'm talking to the core of the church. And I understand that I'm talking to a lot of people that have already been baptized and you've already received the Holy Ghost. But it is important that we know this. Why? Because we are the light of the world and we've got to be prepared to show them the way. Even if God's already shown us the way, sometimes we struggle to help show others the way. Does that make sense? So I got the Holy Ghost when I was seven years old, yet it's very hard for me to explain to somebody how you receive the Holy Ghost. It can be difficult in our flesh, in our nature, to show the way. And we need to ask ourselves a question regarding salvation. What can we do now? What can I do right now to live for God and to be saved? When somebody comes up to this altar and they're hungry for the Holy Ghost, they're not coming up here to get it later. They're coming up here because they want it right now. Am I right? They're hungry for God right now. When you're hungry for God, okay, when you're hungry, you ain't going to wait two hours to eat. You're going to eat now. When you're hungry for God, you don't want to wait two hours until everything's over. If you just want to get up and lift up your hand and say, God, I want it now. God can fill you right now. You don't have to wait. You don't have to go through the motions. The preacher doesn't even have to be done. And you could get it. And I love to tell people when they, when they tell me, I want the Holy Ghost. Well, you, right now. You can get it right now. What you waiting on? And I love it when they're standing in the parking lot and they lift their hands and they start speaking in tongues and they're not even in church. I love it. What are you waiting on? You can get it right now. The devil's favorite word. Are you ready? Tomorrow. Tomorrow. I love you. I just picture the devil. As long as it's not today. His favorite word. Tomorrow. As long as you don't do it now. As long as he doesn't do anything today. I've got nothing to worry about. Let me tell you what the scripture says about tomorrow. Is this okay? Can you read this? Can you read this with me? Proverbs 27 and 1. Boast not thyself of tomorrow. For thou knowest not what a day may bring. Interesting, isn't it? The devil's not worried about tomorrow because it's not here yet. He knows that you're not guaranteed tomorrow. So he never worries about it. James 4 and 13. Go to now. Can you say now? Ye that say today or tomorrow we will go into such a city and continue there a year and buy and sell and get gain. Somebody say procrastinate. Whereas ye know not what shall be on the morrow for what is your life? It is even a vapor. That appeareth for a little time, and then it vanisheth away.
Proverbs says, don't boast about tomorrow. Don't put off things until tomorrow because God wants to do it today. Could you stand with me? I'm quickly coming to a close. It would be like a child that was drowning in the ocean. And they called the church and they said, He's drowning! I need your help now! And the church says, I'll be there in ten minutes. But it's too late. I feel like God has been trying to pound into this church week after week after week. Now, we need to do something now. God's coming back. You've heard Pastor teach about it. The coming of the Lord is here. We're in the last of the last days. And the world is like, it's like a drowning child that says, I need you. And the church is here. And and we can move now. And we can help them now. But what if the church says, just tomorrow. And it's too late for them. I don't know about you, but if somebody needs me, if somebody needs the light of the world in their life, I want to be the hand that reaches down to them and pulls them up out of the water and says, today is the day of salvation. You can walk on the water with me. Come on, just clap your hands to the Lord and give him praise. We all know Acts 2.38 But a lot of times we forget about Acts 2 and 37. Now when they heard this, they were pricked in their heart. Somebody say conviction. That was conviction that hit them. That was God pulling on them. Men and brethren, what shall we do? In other words, if that's what God says then what can I do right now? I got to get this thing done. Peter said unto them, repent. That's something you can do right now. He said, be baptized. That was something you could do right then. In the name of Jesus Christ, for the remission of sins, and you shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. These are all things. What shall you do? You can do them right now. You can repent right now. You don't have to wait. You don't get baptized because you are saved. You get baptized in the name of Jesus so you can be saved. And as soon as God gives you that revelation, the question should change from what shall I do to what when can I do it? (laughs) If Jesus says it, when can I get this thing done? And the answer is right now. You don't have to wait to pray. You don't have to wait to repent. You don't have to wait to be baptized. You can do it today. And I'm closing. I got the privilege of of getting to talk about this at campus ministry in Athens, Georgia. And I remember there was two young ladies that came up to me. And they said, I haven't, Brother Nathan, I haven't been baptized yet. And I've been, I've been waiting to get baptized because I, I don't really understand it. And I, and I really, honestly, I don't feel worthy to be baptized. And I told him, I said, well, you don't get baptized because you, you are worthy. Okay? You get baptized so, for the remission of sins. 
okay? This is so that we, we can be worthy. And I told him that, and I remember all I, I just felt the prompting of the Lord, and I looked at her and I said, I said, don't wait. God wants to do it for you. Don't sit around waiting to be worthy. Do it now. And my buddy, Zach Davey, called me this week, and he said, I just baptized them both in the pool at UGA this week. They went down in the pool right on campus. Come on, let's lift your hands. We're closing right now. Jesus, I love you, and I thank you. God, I thank you for the chance, Lord, to act right now. I thank you for the opportunity that I have to be in your presence, to receive what you have for me, God. I pray that you would move in this place today. Touch our service. Touch worship, God. Touch somebody's life. Stir the waters of baptism today. Fill people with the Holy Ghost today, God. If you did it then, I know you can do it right now. If you did it yesterday, I know you can do it today. But God, we're not going to wait. You've got something for us right here, and you've got something for us right now. And everybody said in Jesus' name. Amen. Clap your hands to the Lord one more time.